Turn our Bibles this morning to the book of Titus. We'll be in Titus chapter number 3, a little New Testament book uh, right after First and Second Timothy and, and right before Philemon, Titus chapter number 3. And this morning we'll bring our message from the first seven verses of Titus chapter number 3. And while you're turning there, I want to uh, encourage you to be back in the service tonight at 6 o'clock. Well, we always have a great time in our Sunday night service and invite you to be back tonight at 6 o'clock and then look forward to a great Sunday next Sunday uh, in the house of the Lord. Uh, Titus chapter number 3, and I'm going to begin reading with verse number 1. And as I mentioned, we'll read all the way down through verse number 7. And I'll ask you to follow along as I read, and we'll look in uh, this passage of Scripture see the Lord has for us today. Uh, verse 1 of Titus chapter number 3, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Paul is The Apostle Paul is writing to uh, the young man Tim, uh, Titus, uh, pastor, and uh, reminding him of some things. And this morning, I want to look at this passage of Scripture. And I want us to notice verse number 4. We'll find our text verse. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, uh, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. Verse number 4. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. I want us to... Uh, look at this verse, but this entire passage of Scripture. And this morning, I'm going to speak on this subject, before and after. Before and after. We'll have a word of prayer, and I'd like for you to listen very carefully to me this morning as we look at what God has for us. Father, we pray this morning, uh, once again, that your will will be done. Uh, Father, we acknowledge that uh, you are the giver of life. We acknowledge that uh, you are the uh, giver of eternal life. And Father, we're grateful for your Son. We're grateful for the opportunity we have this morning. We've already sung songs unto Him. We've heard songs sung about Him. But Father, this morning, as we come to the time of message, may we allow the Spirit of God to speak to our hearts. And Father, this morning, may, uh, if there's one here unsaved, they've never put their faith and trust in what Christ did on Calvary, may today be their day of salvation. And Father, may we be encouraged by what we hear this morning. May we be challenged by what we hear and Father, I pray that you'll save any that are lost for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, as I mentioned, Paul is writing to Titus and reminding him of several things. And uh, we look at this thought of before and after. I'm certain all of us have seen advertisement of uh, here's a situation before and then after. Uh, this is the result. Uh, often we are uh, things that are marketed to us uh, with that in mind. 
this is the situation you're in now. Uh, after uh, you buy this product, uh, this is the way, uh, the situation you're going to be in then. Uh, often it might be a uh, cleaning product, it might be a diet, uh, it might be some other situation, but here's before, and they'll show you a picture and say, and here's the after. And that visual gives us an enticement of, wow, I'm, I'm kind of in this same situation, and, and afterwards, uh, I could be in that situation. And usually, the, and, and it's been around for a long time, it's a very effective uh, type of marketing. The only time it might be negative is if you took a, a picture of me at 25, lean, trim, athletic. <coughs> then you showed a picture of me now and said, before Taco Bell? And after Taco Bell, uh, that would not be the kind of marketing that you would want to do, but you get the picture of before, then an event takes place, a, 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 a product is purchased, and then there's a result as a, as a, there's something that takes place as a result of that event, as a result of that decision. In this morning, in Titus chapter number 3, we see we're giving the ultimate picture of before and after. And we find in uh, this picture of the before and after of the greatest change that can take place in the life of an individual. Let's look again at verse number 1. And Paul is reminding Timothy or Titus of some things to put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers to obey magistrates to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Paul is reminding Titus of the proper treatment of other people. Uh, Titus, because of who we are, because of uh, who we have met, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we ought to, there's to be a difference. We're to treat people differently. <clears throat> I find it interesting that Paul writes this because of how these principalities had treated him in the ministry, of how these magistrates had treated him. And he had been beaten and falsely imprisoned, but he's reminding Titus uh, there's a certain way that we should treat people. Uh, we should not be uh, speak evil of no man. We're not to be brawlers. We're to be gentle. So he's reminded of that in verse number 1. And then as we get down to verse number 3, and I want you to pay close attention to this, he says, let me give you some justification. Let me give you part of the reasoning of why I'm writing this to you. Because Paul writes, the great apostle Paul, that missionary that God used to take the gospel all over the known world at that time, writing to Titus, his young man in the faith, who is now pastoring a, a New Testament church. This is who we're talking about. We're talking about preachers of the gospel. He says, don't speak evil of any man. Don't be a brawler. Don't be hard to get along with. Don't be looking for a fight, but be gentle, showing all meekness. Treat everybody the same is what that means. Showing all meekness unto men. No matter if they have a lofty position, you don't treat them any differently than you treat the person who's begging on the street and vice versa. We show meekness to everybody, to, the, to those who would be moral and, 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 and upstanding citizens and those who would not be. You treat them all the same. Now, Titus, let me tell you why. In verse number 3, he writes, For we ourselves 
Who's he talking about? The Apostle Paul's talking about him. The one who has started churches. The one who is preaching of a risen Savior. Who's he speaking of? He's speaking of Titus, who now is a pastor of a New Testament church. He says, he says, Titus, you treat everybody the way they ought to be treated. You treat everybody equally. You treat, don't, don't, be, don't be looking for a fight. You treat them with grace because, let us be reminded, Titus, we ourselves, Paul the apostle, Titus the pastor, also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived. How many today? are deceived. They're deceived into thinking that they can work their way to heaven. They're deceived into thinking that religion saves. They're deceived into thinking that there is no judgment coming. Many are deceived. And he says, we were deceived. Serving divers' lust and pleasures. That word divers means common or many lust and pleasures. Living in malice and envy. Oh, what a tragic place to live, hateful and hating one another. He said, Titus, that's what we were. You treat those you deal with in a certain way because we ourselves were that same way. I find this interesting, and I want to point it out. Uh, the, the, so many, in almost all of those that are, that are listed, all of those faults, all those sins, all of those serving, the lust and pleasures, living in malice and envy, they're all sins of the heart. Does it matter how many put on religion? It doesn't matter those who shun religion. The heart is what God deals with. He says, we were that way. That's how we were before. Titus, before you stand and you minister and you preach, let me remind you what you were before. Paul is reminded what he was before. As we move in our message from the introduction to the outline this morning, there's two points I want two things I want to point out this morning. First of all, to the saved. We must never forget what we were and what what what, what we were before Christ found us. We must never forget that before we met Christ, we were just like this lost world. Don't we sometimes, while we condemn Pharisees, look through our Pharisee glasses at a lost world without Christ and the way they live and the way they act? And sometimes they're just, this world is just full of paganism. And I can't understand why people just act like pagans. And I don't understand in our political realm why we just can't take a stand. Friend, we need to be reminded as a child of God this morning, before we met Christ, our heart was wicked. Before we met Christ, our heart was turned from God. This morning, if you're a child of God, don't ever forget. Don't ever forget what you were before Christ, what you were before His work in your life. The second thing I want to point out before we move to the outline this morning is if you're here and you're unsaved, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, there's never been a point where you turn from yourself and you look to Christ for your salvation. 
This is going to be a very pointed statement. This is how you still are. You're still in the before. Now, that does not mean those who are saved. Does not mean that those who have received Christ and we've met Christ and we've depended on Him for our salvation. It does not mean that we are better because of us. It only means we've had that moment in our life when we went from a before that was wretched, a before that was condemned, a before that was wicked. And there's something that took place in our life that gave us the after that we have. And what we were before, we don't have to stand and say, this is what I still am because of the fact that something took place in our life. Before we move to the outline, if you're here this morning and you're not saved, maybe you've never heard that terminology, but there's never been a time when you've looked to Christ for your salvation. Maybe you're depending on church membership. Maybe you're depending on religious or some kind of religion. Maybe you're depending on yourself. Friend, I'm here this morning to tell you that there's a God that loves you, but you, that's not going to get you to heaven. There's something that has to take place, but you don't have to stay that way. You don't have to stay lost. Paul writes, he says, Titus, we treat everybody the way Christ would treat them. Because let's not forget what we were. For we ourselves. Let's notice the after. Let's notice what, what took place. Let me remind you before we, we, we move to this. Paul, who was known as Saul... Killed Christians. He, 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 he closed churches. He persecuted men and women who claimed the name of Christ. And now he's preaching about the one who he persecuted, the Lord Jesus. If that's not a before and after picture, friend, I can't tell you what is. You take somebody who killed, killed Christians, who closed down churches... He's now preaching about Christ, starting churches. What a before and after. Religion didn't do that. A ten-point program didn't do that. All the self-help books at the local bookstore didn't do that. Following a religious person and reposting on Facebook didn't do that. What happened? Paul goes on to write in verse number 4. But after that. But after what? What we were. Now here comes the after. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. But after God's kindness was shown. But after something took happen, what is he speaking of? He's speaking in verse 6, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. But after, notice the word, appeared. We received, first of all, this morning, I want us to be reminded with the before and after, we have received the love and kindness of God. Friend, this morning, there is no man can honestly say they're not loved by God. 
There might be some who try and make that argument because of things that have taken place in their life or because of an empty feeling they have in, 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 their, in their life. They say, well, I just don't believe God loves me or I don't believe God loves a certain group of people. That, friend, is not true because we are reminded of the kindness and love of God. How did, how did that come? Our Savior toward man appeared. I'll read Luke chapter number 2 in verse 13. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, oh, what, what is Luke chapter number 2? The Christmas story. The coming of the Christ child. Verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth goodwill toward men. Verse number Four, but after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. God loved man so much that the most famous verse in Scripture, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God in His love gave us His Son. God in His love gave us the Lord Jesus Christ. He appeared to mankind. He left His home in heaven. He came. What was the event that took place? in the before and the after. It was the Lord Jesus Christ. It was the love of God. It was the kindness of God to give man a way and escape from paying for their own sins. It was the kindness of God to say, I'll send my own son to go to that old rugged cross, and while he's there, he'll bear on you every sin that you have ever committed. He'll pay for it. He'll suffer for it. He'll endure your hell for it so that you might have a way of eternal life. You might have a way of forgiveness. Friend, if that's not love, I don't think it could be described. We receive the love and kindness toward men. We also find in this passage of scripture, scripture, secondly, we receive mercy. Look at verse number 5. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. The Bible says, but according to, He saved us. His mercy. Paul writes, Titus, and says, don't forget what we were before. We're not that now because of His mercy. We're not that now because we met the Lord Jesus and in His mercy, but according to His mercy, He saved us. Friend, this morning I could testify with the Apostle Paul. I'm not now what I was before. I'm not now what I was before I call on the name of the Lord. I'm not, I'm not that. And friend, if you're saved this morning, isn't it wonderful to be able to, to stand with the Apostle Paul and say, thanks be to God and His love and His kindness. I'm not today what I once was. And every once in a while, Christian, we need to be reminded because of the love of God, we're not what we once were. We couldn't save ourselves. We couldn't clean ourselves up. But it's just the mercy of God. I often remind myself, 
I don't deserve anything but hell. We don't like to think about that awful place, do we? People like to hear a preacher talk about that horrible place called hell. This morning, I'd be irresponsible if I didn't at this point mention and remind us that anyone who dies without Christ will go to a literal hell. There are literal flames. There are people suffering in anguish today who have been there for centuries. I don't have to worry about going to that place. Is it because I'm a good person? No. I know it's because I'm a Baptist preacher. No. Some people would think that's why I end up there because I'm a Baptist preacher. No, it's because I have church membership somewhere. It's because I, I tithe. Because we know that's what it's all about is what we put in an offering plate. No. Only by the mercy of God do we have salvation. There's nobody good enough. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how righteous you are this morning. And I'm not belittling being clean and holy and moral. That We should be striving to be that. But there's nobody clean enough. There's nobody holy enough. There's nobody moral enough to enter into the presence of a perfect and a holy and a righteous God. You and I deserve hell. You and I deserve eternal damnation. But what about what's the event that took place the before and after? It's meeting the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have received mercy. It is according to His mercy. Aren't you grateful this morning we have a merciful God? And friend, let me just stop right there. If you've never received Christ as your personal Savior, you're depending on anything other than Him. Don't reject the mercy of a loving God. Don't make the mistake that because of His love, and He is a loving God, He is a gracious God. Don't make the mistake of thinking He's not also a righteous and a holy God, and a God that does judge us. But friend, according to His mercy, we don't have to go to that horrible place. We don't have to pay for our own sins. According to His mercy, we're saved. But in that verse, not only does it remind us, but according to His mercy, it tells us what it's not by. Beginning in verse 5, not by works of righteousness. This is a tragic thing that has played out for centuries. will play out again. Those who are religious, those who live by good works. I, I can't tell you the number of times I've been in a conversation with an individual and I said, you know for sure you're on your way to heaven. Well, I think so, or I believe so. Well, how, what are you depending on? My works. Well, they'll say something like, I think I'm going to do enough good things that will outweigh the bad things that I've done. And by the way, they're very optimistic when they say that. <laughs> Boy, I, I, I think that because... I follow this religion or I keep the law or I 
follow the Ten Commandments or I, or I do these things or I have church membership somewhere or my, my grandmother said this and they did all of these things. But the Bible tells us and Paul is reminding Titus and God is reminding all of us today, but it's not by our works. You can't be religious enough. You can't be righteous enough, but it's according to the mercy of God. It's according to His mercy He saved us. If you're saved this morning, it's only because of the mercy of God. I move in the message this morning to the third statement I'll make. It's also in verse number 5, the latter part of verse 5, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. At this point, we met the Lord, taking us from the before to the after. We received cleansing. Can I I remind us this morning how dirty sin makes us? Just because the world might accept it doesn't mean it doesn't dirty our life. It does not mean that when we stand before a holy God, how holy is God, you may ask? Well, what, what, what do we measure God against to, to describe how holy He is? That's not the way it works. God is holiness and all things holy are measured up against Him because He is the standard. Nobody can be holy enough. We were, Well, pastor, I'm not as bad as somebody else. I'm not a biggest sinner as so-and-so. Hey, friend, you married her, not me. So, I mean, that's that's a whole different issue. I'm not a biggest sinner as, as those out who are living in this way and this way, and I would never do that. One sin will send us to a devil's hell. Sin does take its toll. It takes its toll on a society. It takes its toll on a nation. Takes its toll on a on a home. It takes its toll on a life. Need I remind us this morning what the Bible tells us? For all have sinned. This morning, I don't know if you realize it or not, but you're sitting in church with a bunch of sinners. And because we've sinned, we come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous. No, not one. That means you're not the exception. We are just sinners. We are just flesh. We are carnal. This old flesh would just as soon do wrong more than doing right. But what happened? When we we met Christ, Paul is saying, this is what we were, Titus. And and, and we met and we received the, the, the kindness and the love of God. And it's according to His mercy He saved us. How did it happen? What had took place? There was a cleansing. Notice your Bible, by the washing of regeneration. We have, if you're saved this morning, you have been washed regenerated 
made new, regened. All of this is by the Spirit of God. We have become a new creature in Christ. From heaven's perspective, the moment we put our faith and trust in Christ and His finished work on Calvary and said, I'll depend on Him and not myself. I cannot save myself. I cannot cleanse myself. I'll depend on the Lord Jesus Christ. As far as God is concerned, His record became our record, and He sees us washed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit of God came in on the inside and began to wash us and to begin to change us. That's why when you receive Christ as your Savior, there, there's some things that just shouldn't, that they, that those old habits, they, should just be, they shouldn't be as comfortable as they, all, they used to be. And there ought to be something different. Paul was a murderer. He reminds Titus, you treat everybody right because let us, let us be reminded of what we were before the Holy Spirit of God regenerated us, gave us a new life. I love that word, washing. Friend, when it comes to what Christ did on Calvary, it doesn't matter what you've done. Pastor, if you knew the things that I had done in my life, you shook my hand today, you wouldn't have said, hey, good to see you, thanks for coming today. You'd be waiting for the roof to fall in. But when you meet Christ, we see what you don't know is everybody in here was in the same shape you are. And when we met Christ... There is a washing. And everybody in here, as good as you all look this morning, let me be the voice of reality. And you cleaned up. And you took your Saturday night bath to be ready for Sunday. And, and, you, and you got dressed. And you did the best you could to make sure everything was matching today. And, and you came. And, you, and you even some of you even brushed your teeth. Good job right there. And you came to church today and you say, hey, brother so-and-so, hey, sister so-and-so, good to see you. But let us all be reminded of what we really are. But aren't you thankful that we met Christ? The Holy Spirit of God said, I'm going to wash you. And we're washed of those sins. Then fourthly and finally this morning, Verse number 6 tells us, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. That's the event that has to take place for there to be a after to your before. Just as they can advertise a product on TV, if you, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. If you don't ever purchase the cleaning product, you don't ever actually go on the diet. You're not having the picture of a, of a better you. If you don't ever receive Christ as your Savior, there is no after with a cleansed you. But we continue to read in verse number 7 that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. For by grace are ye saved. Through faith. And the fourth statement this morning is this. Once we receive Christ, we received an inheritance. 
Verse 7, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. When you received Christ as your Savior and you depended on God's Son, you became a joint heir with Him. You received Christ. You're now an heir. God the Father has an inheritance for you. Well, we, I think we all at some point say, I wish I had a rich uncle. That would leave me an inheritance other than the bills he's never paid. This is what I have. I'm going to leave it behind to you. It belongs to you. You realize that once it's put in that legal document, from a legal standpoint, it's yours. Because it's an inheritance. It's coming to you. And oh, that inheritance that's coming that, that day, what is the inheritance that we've received from our Heavenly Father? Look at verse 7. We should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I may not have an uncle that's going to leave me a fortune down here on this earth, but I have a Heavenly Father who's leaving me an inheritance of eternal life. You can't buy that with any amount of money. You can't win it in a lottery. It can only be inherited through the salvation by the grace of God. We receive an inheritance from God the Father, that hope of eternal life. Friend, let me, let me remind you of the hope of eternal life. Maybe your story is something like this. Pastor, if I wish I had gotten saved earlier because there's a lot of things I did that I'm ashamed that I've done. But I remind you this morning that you've been washed. You were before and now there's an after. You're a new creature in Christ. But you have hope. In eternal life. And no matter how disappointing this world could be. And how disappointing life can be. We have that hope of eternal life. I close with this this morning. To the Christian. Remember the transformation. Be reminded this morning of how hopeless we were without Christ. What we were, I'm thankful this morning that I was saved at a young age. I'm thankful there's a lot of things in this world I've been able to avoid, and by the grace of God, there's, there, there's scars I don't have because of my salvation. But friend, let's all be reminded, no matter what life you were saved out of, whether you were saved out of a literal gutter that sin put you in, or whether you were saved from a preacher's home, you were still saved from an eternity of hell so that you could have an eternity of heaven because of what Jesus did and nothing else. And I'm thankful that the Word of God will cleanse a life. I'm thankful that the Word of God will put a marriage back together. I'm thankful that the Word of God will heal a home. I'm thankful that the Word of God will remove uh, the, the, the thirst for sin and, and the addictions of this life. I'm thankful for that. 
But let us not forget what we were before we met Him. I think a lot of Christians wouldn't be so callous to the lost in this world if you don't forget that there was somebody that picked you up on a bus one day. If you don't forget that there was a faithful preacher who preached the gospel one Sunday morning when you were in church. But the Christian, don't forget what we were. If the great apostle Paul took time to remind Titus, I think it will be prudent for us to be reminded of what we were before Christ. Then the last thing I'll mention this morning, if you've never met Christ as I've described him today, never been that time when you realized you were a sinner, you realized you had no hope without him, and you knew that the only hope you had was to put your faith and trust in Christ, if you've never done that, don't stay the way you are. This morning, I have nothing to sell you. You don't have to buy a prayer rug. You don't have to give to a building project. Matter of fact, those won't change you. Just make you poorer. But don't leave the way you are. All you have to do is put your faith in Christ. Pastor Neil, what happened to you? What did you do? Same thing I'm telling you, you need to do. Oh, I, I, I could never hang around those Baptist people. I'm not like, oh no, you're more like them than you think you are. Because you have the same heart. We have the same failures. We have the same sin. But friend, let me tell you, the only good thing about any of us this morning is as there were a day we realized that there was a God in heaven who loved us enough and was kind enough to give us a way out of hell and to send His Son. And He appeared to this old lost and sin-sick world, and He gave Himself so that you and I might have salvation. And it's not of our works. We could never work our way to heaven. Nobody here cleaned themselves up. They were regenerated by the washing of the Spirit of God. Something took place in their life that only God could do. Don't leave here today. Without the one event that can give you the after that's described in this passage of Scripture. The hope of eternal life. Titus, in all your busyness of ministry, you deal with all those you deal with with no hate, with grace, with meekness, because we ourselves, that's what we were. The after is after we met Christ. Father, I pray this morning.